to say, I've loved having our guests, but I'm also glad just to be with you. Oh, no, Katie, you can't say that yet because the way we're structuring these episodes, we've only had Inez on so far. No one knows about the secret guest episode. No, this this secret one's guest episode. Yeah, it's next <laughs> next week. Next what week, episode everybody. is this then? Is this number nine? No, this is number ten. So for everyone back home, we've kind of filmed um, some of these episodes not in order because uh, we want to. No, really not. We don't want to have all of our um, special episodes all come at once. They need to be spaced out. You need to be eager for them. You need to wait for them. <laughs> like good boys. For the and girls. twelve of you that are still here. Yeah, if you're still here. Um, oh. Yeah, you've got to wait. So um, this is going bang slap in the middle. So. God, this is going to be difficult if we end up talking about, like, the other episode <laughs> that d- doesn't even exist to the listeners yet. <laughs> no, uh, but I have to say then, in, in that case, happy 10th episode. We oh, made yeah. it. yeah. Happy 10th Look episode. At the, uh, Look at us. It's almost a, I mean, it's the new year. It's, uh, yeah. it's a birthday episode, isn't it? No. Oh, shit. It was your birthday. Oh, no, it's not. It's, no, it's not. Not yet. No, it's your the birthday end of was January. in December. No, oh. <laughs> Why did I think it was in December? I don't know. It's all kind of merged into one, hasn't when it? When is your birthday? January the 31st. Oh, shit. That's my move-out date. Perfect. And I'm going to be the, bi- the big 2-5. I remember when I was 25. Last year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, to be honest, I am a bit like... I don't know. Worried it's weird, about it. isn't it? Yeah. It's weird. It's a weird one. I will say that. Like, I'm sure there's going to be people on here on here that are, like, older than us being like, mm, you know, 25. The thing is, is that, like, it's one of those first milestones. You know what I mean? Like, the last milestone that you really recognized is when you were, like, 10. You know what I mean? Mm. And you were, you, were, you were officially double digits or whatever. Or 18. I, like I would 20... probably say 18 was a bit of a milestone. There's a good legally. milestone. Like, what can you do at 25? You can rent a car. That's true. I, although That's I do, it. I have my own car, but I could rent yeah. another but one in the if States. I wanted to. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, but that's about it. But here's the thing that I really want to, um, you know, talk to our listeners about, or you know, have our listeners find out about is what, like, what? How did you get a black eye? <laughs> No, because it actually really yes. like. No, you have um, to say it. What is this? I so <laughs> this morning, you know when you just have one's only just started. It, it has, and I feel like it's just starting as it means to go on. So I, I, you know when you just wake up and you just know you're having a bad day anyway. Like I was having like a really clumsy day. Yeah. Where like everything just I'm bumping into everything. I don't know, and I'm just in a in a bit of a mood. And I right. bent down to put Beans's collar back on because he was mm-hmm. going to go and play on the front garden, and he has the front been, yard, yeah. yeah, and he has been known to escape sometimes. Someone's usually well, they are always out there with him, but like when we have a big gate that comes across, um, but occasionally, well, once the gate was left partially open, and my dad was convinced that he couldn't get through this tiny hole in the gate, but he could, and he escaped, okay. and. Um, <laughs> And someone, like, one of our next-door neighbours just found him and they were just like, your dog's here. But anyway, <laughs> so I like him to have his collar on just for any emergencies like that. Just in case, um, right? And he didn't have his collar on uh, for some reason. I think, 
I was giving him a brush last night. Anyway, this is all just really mm. relevant to how... Well, it's not. It's relevant because why Beans had his collar off. He had a collar off and I was putting it back on. Right. And we've what just... What happened? Again, well, actually, again, we've got another side story here to Fuck. help explain. We've just, <laughs> we've just had a new piece of wood put on the, like, uh, kitchen table. So it's bigger than it was before. So my brain... Okay. My brain is used to having this certain sized countertop kitchen table yeah and um now it's bigger and i bent down and straight in my eye with force i head head butted the the corner of the table no um and my brother was in the room and i just went like like i was in i thought my eye was bleeding but it was just streaming because it was really painful yeah and i like stood up and i was just like oh and he was like, what have you done? And I just was like, through tit, I was really, really crying. I, I don't remember the last <laughs> time I cried that much. I was in so much pain. And I, I just I just like looked at him through my one eye and my other bleary eye. And I was like, I don't even want to tell you because it's so ridiculous. <laughs> like the fact that I just, because it almost oh. felt, the fact that it was like the corner of a kitchen table when I like eye butted it, mm-hmm. it almost yeah. feels like that is my fault. Stubbing your, stubbing your toe can almost be like that. That's an accident sometimes. But actually, eye butting the court. I feel like there's just no excuse yeah, for it. You can, you can honestly, like, it, you can see it coming. Literally. Literally see it. Yeah, literally see it coming. Yeah. And my brother was just like, Are you okay? And bear in mind, like, me and my brother don't really have, like, a, a loving relationship. Like, we get on really well, but we're not like, you know what I mean? You're not, not like, like, Oh, baby. Yeah, no. Um, And he came over and he was like, do you need a hug? And I was like, I actually do really need a hug because that was Aww, really painful. <laughs> but that's cute. I know. Um, At least he recognised it. Yeah, but it's like, <sighs> I ha- yeah, it's like red underneath my eye. But it almost feels like I've like taken a bit of skin off as well. Like, you know, when you scrape something. Gross. Yeah. Um, but it was really I mean, painful. I have to say, you know what the the bright side is? What? Is that you've already taken a New Year selfie. So, like, you can at least give yourself, oh my like, God, a I couple have. of days off. And you know what? Um, <laughs> it was an absolute corker as well, wasn't it? I hate you. I hate <laughs> you so much. I saw that. And I was like, I showed my mom and uh, my soon-to-be sister-in-law. And I was like, look at this. And they're like, who is that? And I was like, it's my fucking co-host. It's bullshit. Yeah, but no. Absolute bullshit. No, but realistically, if you got them to look at me now through the webcam, <laughs> like doesn't matter we've been we've been through this so many times i'm two completely different people and i'm still upset and you know what i'll admit this to everyone on the podcast i I didn't um (laughs) but i woke up in the morning and i wasn't actually going anywhere and Mm. my my mum was like well obviously i'm not going anywhere we're in lockdown three now lockdown um but my mum was like what tier are you in (laughs) i'm in so leicester is in tier four Nice. But so is 75% of the UK right okay. now. And you yeah, know what? Everything's T- going great. Yeah, and tier four was only invented last week. So it's just like, it's um, it's an interesting one. It's just like it could, it's it's almost like it's completely made up and it could go on indefinitely. Um, and I think there's been talk, I don't know if these, I can't even tell what's a joke and what isn't anymore, but I saw on the internet that they were thinking about introducing a tier five. And I don't know if that's a, like uh, people making think, jokes about the fact that it could literally go on indefinitely 
or why do I feel like I saw that yeah you probably did um I think I did see that so but but anyway so I wasn't going anywhere I woke up why do I feel like I sound really posh today you do sound really posh today maybe I'm just I'm putting I think I'm putting it on I'm kidding you still sound like trash (laughs) (laughs) I'm like I think I'm putting on a posh accent um (laughs) but yeah it's just because you have the dichotomy like the the like uh juxtaposition of my shit american accent maybe maybe it makes you feel more posh in it um yeah because i definitely don't feel posh when around other english people um yeah but anyway so i wasn't going anywhere and my mum was like what are your plans for today and i said i'm gonna put some makeup Makeup. on and i'm gonna (laughs) take a selfie and she was like are you being legitimate like (laughs) with that like you're going to get ready to take a selfie and i just was like yep and that's what i did I wasn't going anywhere. wasn't doing anything fun. You did a great job. I did do... You know what? I did. I didn't... You did. I did. Those cherry rip... Those, like, Katy Perry would be envious of those cherry red lips, honestly, because I was like, what the fuck? You know what? She, you actually, not? she actually messaged me, and she said, I'm envious of <laughs> those cherry red lips. <laughs> honestly, I thought you were serious for a second, and I was like, no. No, she's not serious. No, she's not bullshit. <laughs> you little shit. Um... Yeah, I mean, I was honestly, I was just upset. <laughs> yeah, but that's not what I look like. like yeah, but it is. Like, yeah, it is. I don't have many talents, but makeup. You are really talented. Is, yeah, you're yeah, like an artist. I am. Good, I am good at makeup. Too fair. Um, and I'm definitely gonna get good at it now because of my fucking eye bruise. <laughs> um, anyway. My day, my day continued to get worse. Oh God! What happened? <laughs> so, oh no, Beans is being a really yeah. naughty boy at the minute, um, and it. I think it's because Lila. So my parents have a dog called Lila, right? And she is lovely, but he does like to assert his dominance, even though Lila's a Staffordshire Bull Terrier. But Beans thinks he's the boss, even though he's about a third of a size. What do we call what do we call staffies? Pitbulls? No, pitbulls are a different thing. Um, but staffies. Oh yeah, because they're outlawed in the UK, aren't they? Yeah, pitbulls pit are bigger. Um, but she almost has like the face of a like a pitbull kind of. Yeah, they look they do yeah. look very similar. But anyway, this is besides the point. He likes to assert his dominance in the household, even though we are guests in my parents' house. And he sent Marked upstairs today. And he's toilet trained. He very much is toilet trained. Um, wasn't a proper wee. It was just, you know what I mean? Like, where they spray. He was, yeah, he was just like, ah. Uh, yeah, so my whole family. My territory. Yeah, my whole family are very, very upset with him. Fair enough. That, that's honestly really unfortunate. But dogs, I don't know. For me, it's like that evolutionary thing of, like, dogs aren't, like... Of, well, they are now evolved to be in a house, but they're still like very territorial. You know what I mean? Like that's a behavior that like yeah. just hasn't gone out yet. So even though I'm sure he can tell that like he's a little bit in you know the the dog house, no pun intended. Mm. Um, <laughs> like you know, he it's just it's not it doesn't compute. You know what I mean? Like yeah. And I've googled it to be like, how do you make them stop doing it? And because he does it because there's another dog in the house, I don't know what I can do about it because I can't... Right. Like, we have to be It's here. like a... 
It's a territory issue yeah. rather than like a... Yeah, and so my my whole family are like understandably annoyed because like it's... He's my dog. He's not my family's right. dog. I've bought right. him home because I have to stay at home until my house goes through, which is taking absolutely forever. And then, so when then he's weeing on the carpet, it's like, we they didn't ask for this. And it does right. really smell. And so my day continued to get worse after oh, that. Oh, no. Still? Because after I cleaned up the piss, um, oh, no. I, with the pissy beanie tissue... I no. blocked the fucking toilet with it. And so How? this... I don't know. Well, to be fair... What were you... What was the tissue, though? Was it actual tissue or was it paper towel? Don't ask me questions. <laughs> it was paper towel, wasn't Katie, it? Katie, you know it was paper towel. You know it was. You know it was. And I came downstairs <laughs> and I said to my mum... I said... I said to my mum, I may or may not have blocked the, the upstairs toilet. And she was like... You may or may not have. So you blocked the upstairs toilet. I was like, yes. And she was like, did you put the kitchen roll down the toilet? Yes. You can't put kitchen roll down the toilet. No. I know that now. I know that now. I'm aware. How did you not know that beforehand? (laughs) I don't know. I've never done it before. Never tried it. Did you ever use the like the school toilets at Exeter? Because they were there were like explicit like instructions being like, do not put anything other than loo roll down the toilet. Yeah, but there was also bins outside. Whereas upstairs, <laughs> to be fair, there was bins upstairs as well. But I just, I made a mistake. <laughs> you had a bruised eye and a bad dog, and you you weren't thinking. And my mum was like, "Oh my god, your kids are going to be like so mis like they're going to be so misbehaved." No, she was like, "You're not strict enough," and I was like, "Not because here's the thing. Yeah, here's the thing that I know about you." You don't treat people like you treat dogs, even if they're babies. Like, you just don't. Like, you have zero, like, there's just not that compassion or empathy there that you have for the dogs. I love babies, so, like, though. I actually, but I yeah, really but the thing is, is dogs. that, like, babies grow into humans, like, full grown adult toddlers, mm. teenagers, etc. Like, they're not that cute puppy face that you have currently sitting on your lap forever. Yeah. I just, I really, really love dogs. That's, you do. That's it's a weird thing about you. Honestly, I've never seen anyone love dogs as much as you love dogs. And it's honestly kind of sometimes weird. <laughs> you know what, though? Since I got beans, I don't actually love stranger dogs as much as I used to. Ooh, interesting. Well, no, that makes sense. I know. And you know, and I've said this to so many people, like... Um, why why would I be fussed about other dogs when like I have I've almost like You have the cutest dog. I've completed it. You won you won I've it. Won. Yeah, that's I've it. I've completed it. You're done now. He is And I always say to people like cuz I'll still get stopped and he's an adult dog now and I'll get stopped in the street with people being like How old is he? Yeah, and being like, "Oh my god, he's gorgeous." And initially I did think like, "Is it just me that thinks because he's my dog?" But then everyone's like, "No. He is." No, he's super fucking cute. Yeah, he is. He's no, he's stupid cute. Yes, look at his face. I can't wait to meet him. I still haven't met him in person. Yeah, well, next time you're here. Do you know how depressing that is? Well, next time I'm there, I'll I'll have moved there. Oh, shit, again. yeah. I know. I've put my notice in to my apartment. Uh, I'm going to have my visa interviews in January. Oh, my God. Uh, my... My organ, my uh, organ, <laughs> my my organization knows. My 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 company knows. Mm-hmm. 
so, you know, everything's kind of full steam ahead and, you know, it looks like we're going to be having a civil ceremony in late February, March. Or bring beans. Which is terrifying. Can beans be like your flower boy? Ring bearer. Yeah. What? What? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, he does bear, he will bear his ring, I'm sure. Right. <clears throat> Who goes? I never know who goes first. I oh god, I can't remember what the last episode would have even been of just us two talking. Uh, was it the frogfish? Frogfish? What? I don't remember any of the stuff you do. I'm really sorry. <laughs> That's absolutely savage. Hold on, it's gonna come up on my. I mean, I do, would remember, but I just don't remember. I just don't. I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 not, yeah. I not savage in a mean you. way. Savage in a loving way. Uh huh. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, so I think I went first last time. Oh. Yeah. So you have to go first. Why do I feel anxious about this tonight? <laughs> I feel like it's like the first episode all over again. I felt so like I, I think because as I was trying to put together this episode, that was when we were having the whole bean saga. He'd done a piss upstairs. I'd blocked the toilet, <laughs> and I had like I was like oh, I have so much to do. And they came downstairs, and my dad was like, "Are you making me a coffee then?" And I was like. I just feel no. so rushed. Um, I did make him a coffee, though. Of course I did. Um, okay. Because I got a really... I got a brand new coffee maker oh, for Christmas. Actually, Sorry. <laughs> I also... No one cares about your coffee. But one thing I did want to say. So last episode, we actually gave a shout out to my mom's best friend, Mimi. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hikey cackled because she sent me a text the other day. And in all caps wrote, I got a shout out, woo woo. Um, and then she said, a uh, bit of advice to Ellie to not oh ever answer Tasmanian devil if ever asked in a job interview, if she's asked which cartoon character best describes her. And then she put in parentheses, surprise, I did not get the job. <laughs> I asked her like, what job did you put? What, what job did you say that you would be the Tasmanian devil for Mimi? And she didn't respond. <laughs> I'm so confused. Wait, she said she would be the Tasmanian devil. She said, so she was like, as oh a bit of advice to you, don't say that you'd be that as an animal for in a job interview. I because she, at one point in her life, she did oh, say that she would be the Tasmanian sake. devil. And what would you do? I would make some, I, just when I'm eating dinner with my family, I just screech like an... <laughs> occasionally cannibalize uh, my children if I'm hungry, but only you know, occasionally. Not typically, run around the house as a raging tornado. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Okay, well, I'll remember that. Thank you, Mimi. <laughs> that is a solid piece of advice um, that I will. Solid piece of advice. <laughs> <laughs> that I will follow. Uh, okay. That's good. So, mine today is. <laughs> <laughs> I actually forgot for a second. Amazing. 10 out of 10. It's the 2021, ladies and gentlemen. We're doing great. So before, I'm going to... Pre- is it preface or preface? Preface. Pre- I'm going to preface, preface this by saying I actually found researching for this episode really, really difficult. Because I did too. Yeah, I went Sorry. for... I so I didn't know if I would overstep boundaries. We previously discussed who would take fresh water and amphibians yeah. and stuff like that and yeah, we decided and it was going to be me so i decided that i was gonna did we dip y- yes oh i thought it was me because you have such a larger area to be fair i did fight you on it initially you said it should be me and i was pushing for it to be you 
and then for some reason I thought that we decided it was going <laughs> to be me. It gives you a wider breadth, to be fair. But I, to be fair, I think we can both dabble in this area. I think we can have if you know what, if I in think... toxicology was a Venn diagram. Mm. I think, I think yeah, terrestrial marine, and then we meet in the middle. Well, I'm happy area. to do. I think I'm happy to take animals that live on land and in water, and then you're <laughs> happy to take anything in water, like fully in water. Okay, so you're you're happy to take the terrestrial and the freshwater, and then I'm happy to take any aquatic animal. Yeah, even if they're freshwater. Yeah. But as long as yeah. they don't. The moment a foot comes onto the surface, uh, yeah. My, my, so, like okay. frogs, maybe I won't do. Okay, that's well good because today <laughs> I'm doing a frog. Um, okay. But I found it really, really difficult because I've done, like, even studying at undergrad and stuff, like, I learned yeah. some things about amphibians, but not really. Yeah, I don't know a lot about amphibians either, to be fair. Yeah, and I didn't realise how... I just thought, oh, it's another animal, so mm-hmm. I'll be able to, like, understand it. And I, right. I was able to, but as I started reading, there's so much more terminology for, like, amphibians and animals that live in the water. And I, I guess I should have mm-hmm. expected this, considering you all use words and stuff that I'm like, I don't know what that means, all the time. <laughs> but so However, do you. Yeah, but that's because, like, yeah, but... It's just those, like, barriers of, like, that terrestrial and aquatic world. And I was dipping my toe into the aquatic Mm. world today. And I found it difficult because I did only do this an hour before filming. So all of these new words that were coming up, and then once I'd committed a certain amount of time... You got to. You got to finish it. I was like, I can't, I haven't, I can't do anything else in half an hour. I have to finish the wood Mm -mm. frog. So apologies to everybody else in advance. Oh, the wood frog. Yeah. Oh, I haven't even told you. I'm doing the wood frog. Are you doing the wood frog? No, I'm just saying because I'm I'm wood. Oh. (laughs) Okay. So for for people back home, Katie was just pointing at herself and I thought, oh my God, (laughs) of all the animals, we're doing the same one, but we have just agreed that I would be doing frogs anyway. And no. you know what? Realistically, I'm probably never going to do frogs again. <laughs> no, <laughs> I might. Am I? Am I? Am I? Um, Maybe. Anyway, so apologies if I use any of the words without really. Uh, most of it I understood in the end. I've wrote it out in like my my way of understanding stuff. So forgive me. This is going on for I'm a sure long time. Great. Just me, just warning people. I'm excited. Okay. So, the wood frog. Um, the hey, scientific Sorry. scientific name Lithobates sylvaticus, and that's my sister's name actually. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, <laughs> Sorry, and they, they were um, proposed to be the official state amphibian of New York, and oh. I didn't know that was even a thing. What state animals? No, I can understand a state animal, but it's the state amphibian. Yeah, like, I didn't. I didn't know that that was a thing either. It would be like having like the state lepidopteran. There probably is actually yeah, the state like insect. Yeah, I mean, but I Wait, just didn't leptera- know that. Wait, lepidoptera is a insect, isn't it? A t- yeah, butterfly moths. Yeah, yeah. Um, there we go. Anyway, the state worm. The state Katie Wood. <laughs> you're, the, you. you're the state worm. 
You're the state worm. You're the state worm. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so they are between 51 and 70 millimeters in length, which is 2 to 2.8 inches. Oh, that I thought I thought that was gonna be a lot longer. No, babes. Um, actually, <laughs> that's what she said. Sorry. <laughs> I actually thought it was gonna be a lot longer. No, babes. Um. Anyway, so they're usually brown, tan, or like a rusty color with um, dark coloration around the eyes. A hard, okay. a hard relate right now. <laughs> right now especially not just because i had butted the kitchen table today yeah but because i'm exhausted lack of sleep yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so individuals are capable of um this is something i only read briefly so if you are a wood frog a wood frog if you're scientist. a wood frog no just if you're a wood frog just plain old i don't care if you're a wood frog scientist just if you're a wood frog i want personal first-hand <laughs> experience only please um, they apparently they're <laughs> capable of changing color throughout their lives. So oh. depending on different times and different lighting stuff, they can be a, like a lighter brown or a darker brown. I don't think it's like chameleon level. Well, it's definitely not chameleon mm. level shit because both of the options I've just given you there are still brown. Um, <laughs> it's not like they can go like rogue and 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 be do whatever color they want. They're like I'm purple now, bitch. No, yeah, they're within a limited. Um, Colour spectrum, I would have thought. I'm talking about this far too much. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So they have a pretty wide habitat. So um, a broad range across North America mostly. So they live in like forestry in the north typically or in like mountain ranges in the south. Like the, tell me if you know where this is because I have no idea and I didn't actually Google it. The Appalachians. Oh, so close. Appalachian. Appalachian. Well, actually, actually, to be fair, so I'm actually from Appalachia. Ooh. Uh, so if you're from outside well, of Appalachia. Well, you're pronouncing it wrong, Katie. No. It's Appalachia. I'll kill you. <laughs> so if you're from outside of Appalachia, mm-hmm. then it's Appalachia. But if you're from Appalachia, then it's Appalachia or Appalachian. I have no idea what's going on right now. The way that you remember how to say it is like, I'm going to throw an Appalachia. I'm going to throw an Appalachia. Oh, Appalachia. I thought Appalachia was like a type of party or something. Then you're like, I'm going to throw an Appalachia. <laughs> <laughs> no, an apple at you. Okay. Appalachia. So, but which is correct? Uh, once again, if you're from there, it's Appalachia. That doesn't mean you're right. If you're not from there, it's Appalachia. <laughs> But I so honestly, I'm fine this is like it's, it's honestly it's it's a controversy. Oh, at this point, okay, I love a bit of I'm controversy. Um, yeah. Interesting. Okay, so where is that? They run so there's like the Appalachian Trail, which runs from I think Maine down into Georgia. Hmm. Yeah, so the Appalachian Mountain Range. Because it did from. specifically mention Georgia in um, their range. So they're interesting scientists because they have interesting habitat associations. So they can be found in okay. a number of different habitats. Like, So I was supposed to write Pete Boggs here. Yeah. But 
my internet has corrected it to Pete Bod, like Pete's Bod. Yeah, Pete's so, Bod. <laughs> which frogs Pete? all over Pete's Bod? Yeah, um, their favorite habitat. Um, um, in like temporary pools. So, um, like ephemeral is the word that I read, which means mm. not a long-term pool so not like a pond or a lake but Can more not, like a puddle is, or a I'm sorry. swamp is fem is ephemeral just not like the most pretentious way to say like a temporary pool yeah probably yeah but that's i actually quite like the word though it sounds quite like it's nice it sounds, sounds like something like the elves magical. would say yeah it's like ooh, yeah. an ephemeral pool ephemeral mm. this ephemeral pool i like Take it dive. i like You're it like, no so <laughs> Yeah, so they can live on Pete's bod or in <laughs> an effeminate, effeminate pool. Or in an elfish pool. I just said effeminate. Effeminate <laughs> pool. Oh. Um, and oh, no. also upland. Up, upland? Upland? Oh, God, up, my brain. Upland. Upland. Okay. I would assume that means up the mountain. Yeah, and under like leaves and detritus and stuff like that. So, and they occupy different um, like areas and habitats depending on their life histories, which, yeah, is why scientists find them quite funny. Funny as in weird, not funny as in. (laughs) (laughs) I think we got it. I think you may have hit your head a little bit too hard on that table today. I single-handedly with that table gave myself a lobotomy <laughs> no i didn't i didn't because if i had a lobotomy i wouldn't be being this fucking stupid <laughs> <laughs> i need a lobotomy is what i'm trying to oh, say christ no <laughs> we're gonna get sued to be fair, if I was born like a hundred years ago, they would have one hundred percent given me a lobotomy. There's no probably, two ways yeah, about it. Probably, yeah. So, <laughs> so I have depression. Um, so, <laughs> so in in the summer, you can usually find them in like moist woodlands. Um, Same. Yeah. Um, <laughs> forested swamps um, or bogs, and then over winter you find them in. Yeah, as I've said before, this is the. I wonder if they're said in before. South Carolina because that honestly sounds like an actual description of South Carolina, when like just ha- bogs. When you have a look, I'm gonna Google it. Katie, frogs, bog off. Good one. <laughs> no, I don't. Th- I don't think the. I don't think the common wood frog is in South Carolina actually. Hmm. So they're omnivorous. So okay. they'll either eat like plant detritus or it's actually um it's pronounced um detritus. No, I'm just kidding. It's actually okay, thank detritus. God because I actually just believed you then, and I just thought I was just being posh, like unnecessary, but not posh because I'm not posh. I thought, but to be fair, the funniest like posh thing that I've said that isn't actually posh. You know mm. how when you get like a a pastry with like the crisscross thing on top. It's called a, like a hot cross bun. No, um, it's no. called a lattice. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. a but lattice. Yeah. No, no one had ever told, told you that it was called a lattice. Yeah. So when I first read it, I was like, lattice. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I I wanted to be a pastry chef when I was sixteen, so oh, that's the only reason I know what lattice is. It's actually pronounced lattice. Oh shit, Forrest. God damn it. <laughs> See, that's why I'm not a pastry chef. <laughs> if only you'd known. But anyway, 
<clears throat> so they eat plant detritus and algae mm. and um, the eggs of other amphibians, which oh, can even be savage. like... Yeah, eat, but even of their own species as well. And they have a similar feeding mechanism to like other tree frogs as well. Um, mm. So they just like, they're triggered by prey movement and then they'll lunge and just extend their tongue. That's what I do when it's time for dinner. Actually. Me too. Just lunge and I take it right, right off the plate. No, no qualms. Yeah, just, just, yeah, inhale it. So one of the reasons why the wood frog is so interesting to scientists is, mm. is because... Skain. Because they have a really high freeze tolerance. So during the summer, they'll live in like moist woodlands, frosted swamps right. and bogs, and then over winter they'll go upland um, and they will lie dormant in habitats like under leaf litter and stuff. Oh, okay. And they can tolerate the freezing of their blood and their tissues and things like that. Um, Damn. A lot of How? species that live... I'm about to get into that. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> so in some studies, they'll mention like the fact that the wood frog goes into hibernation, but... Like a bear. Yeah, but hibernation in this sense is a bit of a... Um, is a loose yeah it's a loose way of describing what the frog does so they'll reduce their activity and have like mm. seasonal cold a- adaptations they can still respond to stimuli and um mm. if they need to they can even relocate during winter still so rather than it being called hibernation you like most scientists prefer to call it um dormancy and torpor mm. but depending on what you're reading and what authors of um written the paper and things like that, you can find them find it being described as either hibernation or uh, dormancy. So they're really adapted to um, surviving harsh winters and they can tolerate their body cells and blood freezing. And when they overwinter before they go into this uh, dormant state, they'll undergo loads of physiological changes. So kind of like how when other animals will accumulate fat stores and things like that, they'll be able to then break it down later. You kind of see the opposite in these frogs though. So they actually reduce their fat stores before winter and break down their muscle. Why? So muscle is made of amino acids. Mm -hmm. And when you break down amino acids, you produce urea, which is what animals usually excrete as waste. However, I think I know where this is going, but okay. I was going to say, is, is urea alcohol based? Because you know how like alcohol doesn't freeze. And I was trying to think of like an anti, like a well, antifreeze. You mm. know what I mean? Well, what they do with their body anyway, does have like antifreeze properties and stuff, but it isn't okay. that um, alcohol does it. So, it's not alcohol related. That's um, just this podcast. It is. Yeah. Um, so urea is accumulated in their tissues and it can um, increase by between 9 and 18 times higher than normal. So the high concentration of urea that they produce helps to suppress their metabolic processes. So the whole body kind of slows down when they're in this state. Um, which... So does the urea just like sleep, like seep into their cells? Seep in? Un- you know what I mean? Yeah, unsure. Are they? I I think are they basically just like a massive urea bag at this point? I don't think it's actually taken into their cells. I could be wrong about this, but I feel like it's just kind of a high concentration within their um, bloodstream. They're... Yeah. Oh, okay. That, that makes more sense. Yeah, that reduces um, yeah their metabolic rate, so they can conserve more energy 
whilst they're in this dormant phase, which is important because if their body was just working at full pelt how it is normally, they'd use up all the energy that they're trying to uh, keep hold of. And die. Yeah, probably die. And it prevents the formation of ice crystals and reduces cellular shrinkage, like when the water moves out of the... um, So that's one way that they can protect over the winters and otherwise they would just... um, freeze to death so (laughs) they do that with their urea um but another way that they can help survive their dormancy period over the winter is by prior to them going into the dormancy period they increase their glycogen stores so to anyone back home that doesn't know what glycogen does glycogen is essentially how we store glucose within our bodies and it's stored in sugar yeah Yeah, so glucose being sugar. And we need that for all of our bodily processes. So we store glucose in the form of glycogen. So prior to going into this state of dormancy, they increase their glycogen stores within their liver. And this provides them with the energy that they need to keep going over the winter. And I read that their liver actually increases in size by between th- yeah, I was going to ask you that. Yeah, by between thirty and fifty percent, and accounts for oh shit. Yeah, in this time period before they go into like the dormancy phase, and it accounts for more than twenty percent of their body mass at this point. Holy shit! That's a, that's a th- a thick liver with three thick C's. With three C's. Yeah. <laughs> God. Damn. Um. But anyway. So, due to, like, the environmental and seasonal changes, um, they start to manufacture more glycogen, which they then store. And um, it's thought that in the run-up to their hibernation, quote-unquote, phase, phase, um, that they actually use all of the nutrients that they intake to produce this increased rate of uh, glycogen. Yeah, it's really important because, as I mentioned, it's a food store while they're um, overwintering, and it's their main cryoprotectant is the word so cryoprotectant is protects you from ice so like cryogenic freezing like walt disney apparently did is like freezing on ice but this i wonder if it's true uh, i think i read i don't actually think it is true i'm not sure let's give it a quick google but i think i'm reading his his biography right now are you really i haven't gotten to that yet though Katie, I don't think he would ever really be in a position to write about the fact that he got cryogenically frozen because he was, in fact. Well, no, it's not dead. his autobiography, it's his biography. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember because I, I went through a phase of like really reading about this because I think it was only like a year or two ago when, I mean, I'm always scared of death, but um, right. like really, <clears throat> everyone's afraid of death. But I'm, like, terrified of death. Um, And I was reading about it a couple of years ago because I thought, how am I going to live forever? I don't even know why I'd want to live forever because living is just pain. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, like, like, yeah, a couple of years ago, I went through a phase of, like, Googling, like, how close are we to curing ageing and stuff. And it's interesting because a lot of my, the people within my lab group work on ageing. Um, and how aging works really and then so that kind of led me on to being like okay well if i can't stop the aging process how else am i gonna like live forever 
And I think I read that mm. it is a myth. This is a very long-winded way of me getting to the point that <laughs> I I'm, I think I read that Walt Disney has not actually been cryogenically frozen. I'm sure you've had enough time no, to Google it. You're actually, you are actually correct. So there's like an entire list of people <laughs> that have been um, cryogenically frozen. One person actually has the one person's name. No, who I've never heard of, but he has the most ridiculous name, which is actually literally FM-2030. And he also predicted that 2030 would be a magical time. Well, I fucking hope so. Um, <laughs> I mean, not with the way. Like, <laughs> if we're going based on current trajectories, I don't think... Yeah. <laughs> I no, don't it's think not so. looking great. Um, but he's he, it's literally, quote, 2030 would be a magical time. In 2030, we will be ageless and everyone will have an excellent chance to live forever. 2030 is a dream and a goal. Well, he's not fucking wrong. No. I guess. Well, um, I think I've read, well, not when I say I think I've read, it's not exactly scientific studies, but it's like the people that are actively working on this to try and like prevent aging and stuff. Mm. Um, they think it will happen within the millennial lifetime, but it's probably going to be too late for us by then. Because if I hit like 80 <laughs> and they were like, do you want to live forever? I'd be like, hell no. No, <laughs> not now. Unless thanks, you can like, no thanks. Make like me flashbacks young again. to twenty twenty. Yeah, like Just un- kidding. unless you can make me young again. Like, I, I think if someone asked me now, I'd want to like pause where because I'm not being funny. I'm the best looking I've ever been right now. <laughs> I would. <laughs> I'd quite <laughs> happily pause oh, that, Christ. but I don't want to live forever. I'd mm. want to be young for like eight years and then. Mm. be like okay i've had enough now where's the off switch Mm. i think i don't know it the aging process is definitely like a weird thing Mm. but i don't know me and my friend nick back in college because even as an undergraduate we're in microbiology i don't know why but we were tasked to like find ways of like how microbiologists are like working to stop aging and whatever yeah And me and Nick were like, we're going to get, like, we're going to be those people that get so close to living forever and then literally just die, like, right before it happens. Like, we're going to get so close. It's going to be the fucking Gen Z's, isn't it? And then we've got to, they've got their... We don't even deserve it. Just kidding. Immortalized fucking TikToks forever. They'll still be like... Ugh. I mean, I mean... They need so much money off of TikTok. Can they just let us have this? I know. As a thought. I'm just saying. I know. I, um, but no, he Walt Disney is not, um, he's, he's not been frozen. He's dead. Um, and he was interred in Glendale, California. Hmm. So it's not the worst place to be if you're dead, you know? Yeah. So after that tangent, um, <laughs> the, the frogs are not cryogenically frozen. Okay. They use, Noted. Ure- but they're cryogenically Protected, <laughs> cryo pr- protected by yeah. glucose and urea, um, because mm. after they've accumulated, that sounds like my Saturday night <laughs> sugar and pit. <laughs> but yeah, so all of the glycogen that they store in their liver, they break down to glucose, and that yeah protects them and keeps them going over the winter. How riveting. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> hop off. Oh, that was shit, actually. That was really bad. Uh, did you just say hop off? Yeah, but that just means something completely different, Wait. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, they can. So the wood frog can tolerate up to sixty-five percent of their total body water completely freezing um, without incurring oh, any dang. cellular damage. Which is that's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. So, so my next section, I'm going to be talking briefly about their breeding behavior. So I've got. <clears throat> sorry if I keep sniffing. Um, <laughs> there's there's an issue. That when it was, <laughs> I love how I'm like, I'm going to talk about their breeding, but actually, no, I'm going to talk about me for a bit longer. Is the issue that you need a tissue? A. I'm sorry. No, I don't. My, I'm currently staying with my parents, and they have the heating on so high that every like membrane in my body is just shriveling. Um, and I'm trying to breathe, and I just can't breathe. So, <clears throat> sorry to everybody. Perfect. Um, but that's, if I sound like I'm. Like, either overcompensating and producing, like, a ridiculous amount of saliva to deal with the the ridiculously <laughs> low humidity in my house. It's just because you're looking at a delicious snack like me. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly why. Um, <clears throat> no, it's because I'm thinking about the frog breeding. I'm just, like, frothing. <laughs> nice. Um, nice. Yeah. Like that Rick and... Like that... No, it's not... What is the... No. It's an Avatar episode where Aang has to go get frogs that are frozen. Yeah, did you ever watch Avatar? The Last Airbender. Never in my life. That's just me. Okay. I know quite tangent, a, I'm not going to go on there. No, I know quite a lot of people that watch it. Like, my friend Tara likes all that anime stuff. And um, it actually makes me really laugh because I'll always tag her in stuff that's, like, bullying anime people. <laughs> and she The thing is that I don't... <laughs> I don't like anime. Like, I don't watch anime ever. <clears throat> but because I grew up with Avatar The Last Airbender. Yes. Since it got, like, put back on Netflix, I was like, yeah, I'll watch this again. And then I realized how good the show was yeah. as an adult. Like, it's just a quality show. Maybe. So I'm going to talk about their breeding now. So um, after nice. they've been through this, like, uh, dormancy phase... They're actually one of the first amphibians to emerge once the snow has melted. Um, emerge, so. emerge to get it on. So they go nice. down to their um, ephemeral, <laughs> effeminate pool, ephemeral, their ephemeral pools. <laughs> they go down to their effeminate pools. No, it isn't effeminate again. Oh my god, ephemeral. <laughs> I've got it into my head. Like they're ephemeral. Yeah, it's like uh, I don't want to go on another tangent. I'm going to resist the tangent, but I have another tangent. But resist it. Okay, We're talking it. about ephemeral pools. Ephem- yeah, ephem- that are slightly ephemeral. Yeah. So um, they go down to their ephemeral, ephemeral pools. And um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. apparently they produce, like, duck-like quacks to try and attract their mates. Why? Yeah, I don't know. To be fair, I probably should Wouldn't should've... that attract ducks? No, because I'm sure they don't, they don't actually, like, I'm sure they'd definitely be yeah. able to tell the difference. Um, what if a duck showed up and was like, this isn't what I'm here for? <laughs> <laughs> Who is she? <laughs> uh, <laughs> the duck, like, trudges for miles in the snow. Aww. They should make Trying like a long lost love. Should make like a Pixar movie about that. Um, it's just a toad. Maybe we should um, re. Maybe we should thaw out Walt Disney and get him on that. Yeah, let's go get Walt. Yeah. Listen, a duck and a toad, frog. Um, but yeah, and apparently, well, unsurprisingly, larger males are more successful. But interestingly, they show a preference for larger females, and mate choice is typically. Mm. 
like the males make the mate choice rather than the females. So it is oh, interesting. Like, yeah. So and they have a preference. What do they bring for, to the party? Ooh, don't know. Bit of a <clears throat> juicy, juicy, <laughs> juicy times. <laughs> I don't know what that even means. Yeah, but we got all the like we have to we have to grow the things. Mm. We, I mean, females species. Maybe the females of the species. My hypothesis would be, and again, I, mm. as I'm sure people have gathered, I'm not a frog scientist. Oh, okay, really? Um, which I'm sure they'll gather from my intro to this, where I was panicking about the fact that I you're not a frog, I'm not a frog scientist. <laughs> But I would have thought maybe in this situation it's a reflection mm. of like female quality. So, um, mm. but then again, sperm isn't very costly, is it? So you would think they'd just want to like no. put it about. I'm sure they probably would mate if there was like a limited maybe. supply of females, but there is, they're not endangered or anything. They're not, I don't think the numbers are like low. I think they're, they're doing they, fine. What, whatever they're doing, it's working. Yeah, they are. They are. They've they've got it. Got it going on. Um, so the reason that they lay and that they breed and lay their eggs in these ephemeral pools is a way of right. avoiding predation. So if they laid it in like lakes or ponds or whatever, mm-hmm. because those um, habitats are more consistent, predators might clock on to the fact that they're there um, oh. and go and predate on. So them. it's like because the pools are like somewhat. Temporary. Opportunistic? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> like it's an opportunistic kind of mating thing. Yeah. Oh, I get it. So then he like so the male like hops over to a pond and he's like, nice, I like this place. Yeah. And then he like does his little duck call. Mm. Has to shoo away a few ducks and then is like, ladies. Yeah. And is that what's happening? Yeah. So, so it's a booty I'm call, actually, but for frogs. I'm actually in the process of writing the script for this to submit to uh brothers. Um <laughs> Copyright. Pixar. Yeah, Pixar. Oh, yeah, no, we've gone, no one steal this idea. We, yeah, we've gone down a completely different... We've gone from Pixar to um, to porn. Um, nice. Anyway, so once um, the female's decided that she's going to lay her eggs, she um, mm. she does. And she... Oh, good. She, she lays them... Um, usually on submerged substrate, so it'll be in like vegetation mm. that's just under the surface of the water and branches. And oftentimes, multiple females will lay their eggs all on one particular substrate, so they have like a big aggregation of egg mass on like okay. one submerged thing. And this is where it's important to the early frog gets the. <laughs> Gets the babe. Gets the babe. Yeah. Because, <laughs> so they'll have a preference for laying their eggs on the centre of, like, a log or a branch or something. And then when all the other females come over and lay their eggs as well, they'll have to lay their eggs on the periphery. And so if you get that mm. earlier, you have eggs that are typically, like, higher up in the water column, exposed to more sunlight and more heat as well from, like, the surrounding um. eggs. Um, and so they're able to develop faster. Right. And a fast development is really important because the pools that they're laid in are temporary. They have to develop before the pools disappear. Right. And so the more heat you're exposed to mm. and the more protected you are, the likelier that you'll be able to um, 
metamorphosize in time before you run out of water. So the ones on the periphery are more likely to die. And as well, they're more likely to be consumed by predators because, I don't know, you'd go for the easiest, wouldn't you? If you were a predator, you're not going to be like, excuse me, sir, uh, moving all of the other eggs out of the way to try and get to the one tasty one in the middle. You'd just be like, I'm just going to... Yeah, like, I need this. I need this now. Give it to me. I'm going to have some <laughs> eggs. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, like, nice. Let's go. Yeah, so <clears throat> the individuals that are able to breed sooner um, within the season have higher fitness than individuals that aren't able to breed as quickly. So... Mm. And my last point is about their conservation. So... I know you're all really worried about this, but don't worry too much because they're neither endangered or threatened. Excellent. At the moment. That's what we like to hear. But oh, shit. Mm-hmm. doom is coming, as ev- everyone is aware. Wow. And their habitat is becoming <laughs> <laughs> environmental I love, doom. I, I always go like, I'm sorry, I have to like, just one last tangent that kind of connected to a tangent that we were on earlier. Okay. But just like, do you ever just sit and think like, Like, why am I so, like, you know, just always anxious about, like, death and the future and everything? And then somehow, for me at least, it always kind of comes back to this idea that, oh, yeah, I'm a freaking biologist and everything I study is dying. No, but it is. Um, And I felt like that as well. Like, I worry about things like next year. But my main overarching worry is, like, climate oblivion. Like, oh, 100%. Like what, but then, and sometimes I'll lay back and I think, why am I even worried about my PhD? Why am I even worried about these things? I'm going to be on fire in like 10 years. Like, literally. <laughs> we're underwater. Yeah, we're underwater. Um, either so, way. You know. <clears throat> yeah. We're just. Um, oh, there's going to be like. Great. It's going to be like apocalypse level shit where I'm going to be fighting for, the, for my life. Um, yeah. Bartering yeah. beans. Existential for a, crisis who? For literal beans. Um, <laughs> but anyway, no, I'd never barter beans. You would never. I would never. Um, I would never. Beans would be like my yeah, fearless. You'd die, you would die before beans. Yeah. He, no, I actually would. He, But he'd also be my fearless protector. My four kilogram mm. wolf roaming next to me in the, the burnt hellscape. Mm. Protecting me from... Um, I don't, where am I, um, I'm not even drunk. And this is how you die. And this is... That beans is your protector. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, beans barks at everything as well. So like, we'd be safe and beans would bark and draw attention and then I'd die. That would be how that would end. Yeah, yeah. Fearless protector, <laughs> but so fearless to a detriment. Um, oh. But anyway, so... Anyway. The frogs, they're not endangered or threatened, but... Um, like most animals, their habitat is becoming increasingly fragmented. And mm. as I've spoke about, they have, um, because they ha- occupy multiple habitats, multiple habitat types um, during their life cycle. So um, they have their uh, ephemeral ponds, no, ephemeral pools, right. and their like forest habitat and stuff. It isn't as simple as just right. like conserving a pond or conserving. Um, you would have to conserve, like, a, a... A wide swath of land. Yeah, a wide swath of land. And, um... Swath. Is that what you said? I don't know what the word you said was. 
Swathe. S-W-A-T-H-E. Swathe. Oh, I said swad. Like a, <laughs> like a wad, but like with an S in the front. I, I think that's right. I don't even no, know. Now right. that I've said it, I'm questioning myself. No, that was the first time I've ever heard that word swad? and I repeated it and so I'm wrong. Um, and the fact that they have, so they have a range of like hundreds of meters. So it's not like their little woodland area is like near their um, ephemeral pool it's it can be quite a distance away and so in order to conserve these animals it would yeah require conserving like a large um Mm. and right now yeah they're not endangered but frogs are also really important parts of the ecosystem um so their eggs Mm. and the frogs themselves provide food for other animals which can be like quite an integral part of um the diet of other animals within the ecosystem and they're also good with like insect control and things like that and so we need to take care yeah. of our frogs you know <clears throat> frogs are cool they are but yes yeah, so that's the wood frog <laughs> wow that was well done i have to say thank you i enjoyed it I tried. immensely I tried really hard. Um, and i'm you know gutted for the wood frog i hope we can you know put aside large mm. amounts of land mm. for said frog i guess it's uh your turn okay are you ready i was born ready (laughs) so i have to say i'm kind of surprised that it took me so long to do this animal and i have to say it's probably the least amount of research that i've ever done for any critter which is depressing because it's also one of my favorite critters um and is also my twitter names namesake oh Um, i know what this is then yeah so Today I'm going to cover cuttlefish Ooh. or as something, I actually didn't realize this, but a fun fact is that you can call cuttlefish generally cuddles. Aww. How cute is that? That sounds like, like cuddles. Yeah. Like. That's why I was like, that's adorable. Aww. How didn't I know that? You can just call them cuddles. Cuddles. Right? Cuddles. Babies. Cute. Um, but yeah, so... <clears throat> I obviously am obsessed with invertebrates, so um, I'm surprised that I haven't covered this yet, but here we are. Um, So my brother's fiance is actually in town at the minute, and I was telling her that I had a podcast today and that I was extremely unprepared because, like, I just did not devote the amount of time that I usually do, (laughs) which is just like, I don't know, my life at the minute. Mm -hmm. It's Christmas, isn't it? Yeah. but one of the questions that I was like, if you wanted to know anything about the cuttlefish, what would you want to know? And she's like, where, why is it called that? What, like, where, what does cuddle come from? So I actually did find that out. And so the cuddle and cuttlefish comes from the old English name uh, for the species Cudel, I think. Okay. Um, which might be like this, like similar or the same as um, the Old Norse Cotty or Cushion. And the middle low German, I don't know what the fuck that means, koodle, which is also means like a rag. Um, and yeah, so I guess it's like a rag, I don't know, or a cushion. Maybe. Which is kind of like, I, I think cushion tracks, frankly. I think this would probably be helpful if I looked at what it actually looks like. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to cuddle that. No, it, it doesn't look especially cuddly, but you could kind of see how it looks a little bit like a cushion because mm. it kind of looks like a little square thing that you might want to sit on mm. or like more like lumbar support 
kind of cushion. You oh, know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Just a little. Just Not a little like bit. Not but like one you want to put. I wouldn't want to put my head on it. N- it no, actually no, no, no. looks a bit like a seal with like six. No, I don't know what I'm talking no, about. No, the seals that you have seen are fucked up then. Then genetically monsters. Yeah. <laughs> my my um tortoise actually eat, eats like cuttlefish things. Yeah, yeah, cuttlefish is definitely. I've actually eaten cuttlefish before, which I actually feel horrible about. Yeah, it's like because it's like the hard like. Does it have like an exos not exoskeleton but like a weird plate um, in it or something? It does. Well, we will get to that. Ooh, okay, yeah, I'm will. just thinking because that's cover what that. we give to M- Mrs. Speedy in the, in the. Oh, really? Yeah, she like scra- scrapes it, scrapes her teeth on it. Interesting. It sharpens their. I've never bill. seen that before. I think it's a cook. In fact, let me just quickly ask Tez. Just to be sure. <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to interrupt you, but I want to make sure that I'm not lying about this. Mr. Speedy does have cuttlefish. Okay, interesting. Yeah, and it feels. Like, Does it feel a bit squishy, like a little bit soft? No, it's like hard. hard. Yeah, really hard. Okay. Um, star- chalk, chalky styrofoam. Chalky, okay. Like it, but like more it, dense. Like you get like residue. Yeah. 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 But yeah, he, he eats that and it sharpens his... Uh... His teeth. Yeah. Yeah, his nars. Yeah. All right, interesting. Oh God, getting so it, getting it everywhere, it's just... Ju- juicing all over the shop. Yeah, it's a little bit, it's a little bit gross. That <laughs> you're touching it right now, but that's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Cool. Um, so uh, I'm gonna go into a bit of the phylogeny or like the family tree okay. of cuttlefish. So it is actually a mollusk. Snails are mollusks. Nudibranchs, which we've talked about, are also mollusks. Mm-hmm. Um, bivalves like clams, um, uh, oysters. Um, mussels are all mollusks. Um, and actually, I kind of find the order that, like, the, the classification that cuttlefish are in, like, to be, like, the really posh members of mollusca because it's a bit saf- it's a bit savage because... So there's this group called cephalopods. So, like, mm-hmm. um, like mussels, clams, um, oysters are all part of bivalvia. Octopuses? Close. Not there yet. Hold your octopusy until the end, please. <laughs> okay, uh, mom. So there's bivalves, right? <laughs> and then there's like snails, which are gastropods. And then there's yeah. like the high class, which is the cephalopods, in my opinion. Like they seem like the high society to me or whatever of like uh, cepha, I think literally means like head or something like that. Actually, I should mm-hmm. probably have Googled that before. No, it, yeah, it does. This, it does. I know. That, it I does. Know. Yeah. I know this. I so, know this. So it's like, so, so they're the ones that are named like actually like head and then I think pods, which is foot. But it's the point of thing is that the, the, the head is, is stressed in this. And it's interesting because I, yeah, I believe these to be some of the most intelligent. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, I, I believe that these are like, well, it's not that I believe. These are the most intelligent of this kind of phylogeny. So squid, octopuses, nautiluses, um, and uh, cuttlefish, which are part of um, like a little thing but it's fine um they are all part of of this like cephalopod family um or classification um and basically i just feel like 
I was kind of looking into it earlier because I was like, how the hell did all of these like bivalves, snails, oysters, whatever, how did they all get left behind while like this like high class, like super smart kind of different breed get get created in like this different order but and they look so different right like one is literally like two shells glued together and the other one is like you know Hard relate. A blood re- yeah <laughs> what i'm a shell of a woman oh i understand right <laughs> <Damn it. laughs> um, but like you know it's like I mean? every like, relationship that... i've ever been in two shells <laughs> glued together hollow on the inside <laughs> just kidding <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I guess, so I guess that's like one of the things that I like about mollusks is that like, they're so varied and like worms are too, but I just, I don't know. Mollusks, mollusca is probably my favorite phylum. I'm just going to say it. I'm going to say it. Yeah, you've, it is. you've said I it. I love it. You have, you've told us this. We know. So I was kind of looking into it cause I was like, why don't octopuses, squids, cuttlefish, why don't they have a shell? And, and it turns out actually that they're like cephalopods generally, um, classification actually did have um, shells at one point. So there were, you know, cephalopods that have shells. And there's actually one that still does have shells, and that's the Nautilus, which has been, it's basically like uh, a living fossil, which actually, like, when you look at it, it looks like a living fossil because that thing looks like an alien. I think but, I've, hold on, let me just notice. Yeah, Nautilus is like those really cool things. Um, oh, yeah, 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 they yeah, have, yeah, yeah. Yeah, their shell is kind of spiral, and it has, like, that really cool coating on the inside that's, like, almost like Mother of Pearlish. The Forbidden Pearl. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and on the inside, there's, like, all these, like, little chambers. And actually, Nautilus are really interesting because they actually um, kind of maintain their buoyancy using um, air to fill those chambers in their shell. So I'll post, Aww. like, a picture of a Nautilus shell on the Instagram um, just so you guys can see the different chambers that they use to basically, it's basically like what they used in the thinking of Titanic to like create all these chambers that would still have air in them and be closed off depending on whether you wanted to sink or float or but whatever. But I guess it works, it worked a bit better in them. Yeah, it worked a lot. It works a lot better in Nautilus's <laughs> meant to be underwater anyway. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, everyone. That was on the Titanic. Um, Katie, I don't think you have to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I still feel bad. That sucked. Yeah. Um, that poor old lady. Just kidding. But not really. Um, but anyway, Katie, so... Katie, you do realize the, that the, the, it was... I understand fi- that the film was a film. It was <laughs> fictitious, okay? I just... It came out at a very important developmental point for me. Um, Draw me like one of your French girls. <laughs> Also, you know what I find really fu- the funniest thing I find about Titanic, what um, is you know when she's like, "I'm on top of the world," and it's like, "Yeah, you're literally at sea level," which is literally <laughs> the lowest point. The lowest point. Uh, <laughs> you're not, babes. You're not. Oh, do you know that's one of Simon's favorite movies, which is I just it? find adorable. It is. Actually, it's one of my favorite movies too. So I, I can't blame him. Yeah, I love Titanic right. too. To be fair. It's fair enough. I mean, who can turn down Leonardo DiCaprio? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like DiCaprio. he was like seventeen in that, wasn't he? And mega hot. <laughs> Still legal Sorry. in the UK. Wait. <laughs> Sorry. Not in the States. <laughs> Depending on what state you live in, actually. Is um, it really? Right. Yeah, it is actually. Oh yeah, um, that 
<laughs> no, put it away, Ellie. Come on. Oh, that's actually one of the top Googled things. Oh, no, he was 20 years old. You're safe. You're safe. Oh, okay. There we go. For Thank now. Fuck. Okay. Mm. okay. Hey, Leo, hit me up. Just kidding. Uh, but not really. Leonardo, um, if you're listening to this. Uh, right. So, um, the point of this was that there, there used to be more cephalopods that did have shells, but all except for the Nautilus died out and largely the coleoidea, yeah, I don't know, something like that. But basically the class or the, um, mollusks that have basically no shell continue to kind of like thrive after cephalopoda um so with that that's interesting because there must have been a there must have been a reason why they got rid of it diversion loss i guess if uh, i reckon do you know what my theory is well so they have everything that evolved past the shell yeah everything that has evolved past the shell has pretty intelligent tentacles and so i reckon that the evolution of the tentacles and then some mouth organs that are pretty important basically became well and some other stuff i suppose as well we're gonna get to it okay i'm gonna cover it okay okay. i was just gonna make (laughs) a i was just gonna make a wild okay i want to hear the wild so the fact that i would have thought that the main purpose of having a shell would be to protect Mm -hmm. against predators yeah. But then they've evolved different ways of evading predators, like they're cool, like in octopuses, blending in and camouflage okay. and shit. Okay. So they don't really yeah. need, and if they can yeah. invest in that yeah. and not in the shell. But then again, how energetically expensive is it for them to have a shell? I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't Ignore know. me. Ignore how me. expensive is it to have skin? Just kidding. Um, we're I mean, if it. you want to buy skin, I would have thought that it would be hopefully relatively expensive. <laughs> it puts the lotion in the basket. <laughs> <laughs> it puts the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. It's horrible. Uh, I'm going to keep you going fuck on. Me? Okay, so what does it look I'd like? Fuck me. No. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> If you don't know what movie that's from, then I'm sorry. I don't know how to help you. Um, I might put that as the the episode title. (laughs) You fuck me. You can't fuck me. (laughs) Now, uh, so okay, so generally, cuttlefish. We're back to cuttlefish. Mm -hmm. Generally, they range in size from about 15 to 25 centimeters, which is six to ten inches. I actually looked it up. Thank you and goodbye. Right, so then the largest species can be 20 inches, up to 20 inches. I don't know how much that is in centimeters. I don't really care to figure out. Um, And then it can also be 23 pounds. That's expensive. That's a lot. There's a lot of cuttlefish. Um, And then, so just. That's like two for 46 pounds. Yeah. Do they have an offer on? Do you reckon we can get like no. get one no. for twenty three, get one half price? No, and also, well, we're gonna get into the reproduction, but it's not really worth it. Okay. Uh, 
<laughs> so the way that I would describe what they look is like they're kind of like these weird uh, like cylinders that taper at each end and then at one end have like eight arms and two tentacles. So basically like what looks like 10 arms coming out of their face. Um, and then uh, those... So then, so like the eight arms kind of have like, um, I don't actually know if they have suckers or not, but I know that the tentacles have suckers at the end, which they use to grab prey and then bring into their beak. Yes, beak, like in the uh, blue ringed octopus, uh, which is honestly just still the most terrifying thing that I've ever taken away from cephalopods is that they have a beak. I'm just that. No, I quite like it. No, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I mean, I hate it, but I also quite like it. Um, the other thing that I was also interested in, because I was kind of like, oh, I wonder, because I know that the blue ringed octopus has like some venom in its bite. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, are cuttlefish, you know, venomous? And then I found something that said that cuttlefish and squid are actually as well are also venomous and are capable of delivering a toxic bite. Um, and then gram for gram, the venom toxin is as deadly to crabs as the most lethal lethal snake venom toxins are to mice i'm not really sure what that means but i don't think it bodes well to crabs personally but we'd be fine well i also don't really think cuttlefish would want to bite us really you know what i mean like we're just too big i don't think they want to start that shit like you know they're they're so they're 20 inches so they're like a little bit under two feet so like the biggest one is like yay big i have hands out she does like probably like a katie a katie head and a half that's that's a big. I got a big head. You've not. You've got a normal sized head. Thank you. We did that today. <laughs> <laughs> um. Let's see. We're gonna continue on to the next thing. Um, cuttlefish also have a W shaped pupil, so they have like an eye. Okay. Yeah. But then their pupil is like this world weird, like kind of like W black thing in the middle of their kind of pretty eye i'm trying to think about what that would do um, i'm trying to work it out would yeah. that allow you to can see can you hypothesize do you know the answer to it i do know the answer okay to well i would assume it would either be to see in more where are their eyes positioned on the head um if the little like it's like it's like right behind like the little tentacle bit, so it's like body tentacle bit, and then like so if your if your fingers okay. were the tentacle bit and your arm was the body or like your forearm was the body, yeah. your wrist would be where the eyes are. Okay, so my hypothesis was that they can see in multiple directions at once without having to move their. Honestly, eyeballs. I don't know if they can do that, but I'm sure it's probably true. I thought you said you knew the answer. Yeah, but that's not the answer. <laughs> Then I'm wrong. I mean, like it might. Well, <laughs> I don't know that the W necessarily helps with that specific thing. Or is it to do with like light? Oh yes, it is. Actually, you're right. Okay. So um, the the kind of like answer that I was able to find that was most prevalent was that actually the W shape helps to balance out the uneven light levels in the habitat. So because cuttlefish typically inhabit like. Um, I didn't even talk about their habitat, but basically, so uh, cuttlefish typically inhabit like coral reefs or shallow seas and that kind of thing. Um, The light is extremely kind of like light is more 
able to penetrate those depths, right? So at a certain depth, light doesn't really go like further in. Light has difficulty just penetrating um, that medium. So basically, cuttlefish are able to use this W shape to kind of sort out the the light at the top of their vision. And then um, when it comes, when they go deeper, like which as any diver might know, like the deeper that you go, it kind of gets like at a certain point, it gets really dark really quickly. And so as they kind of go further down, um, even if it's just kind of a little bit, they need to deal with a fairly wide range of light intensities at the same time. So they're able to kind of just like pick and choose to be able to see like most that they can at a certain moment, hmm. okay. basically. Um, That's what I was going to say. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Um, so my last thing about their kind of, uh, like what they look like or like their, their body is the actual cuddle bone itself, which we've already talked about. So the thing that your turtle speedy eats, um, or sharpens its teeth on is a cuddle bone. Um, it's a hard, brittle internal structure that's found in all members of the sepidae, which is the cuddles or the cuttlefish. Um, it helps to maintain buoyancy and it uses a chambered structure to keep a gas mixture at a relatively constant pressure. So basically it's just using different gases to keep it, um, at a certain elevation or, um, depth at a relative constant. Um, it's not actually bone, um, but it's basically like the internal shell of a cuttlefish. So obviously like these mollusks, have lost their external shell, but they still have maintained this inner shell. And I think it's made largely of calcium because um, they do eat quite a bit of crab in their life. I um, would agree. Life. Yeah. From, how, from what it feels like. I I mean, I don't really know what calcium feels like, but I assume it's this. <laughs> yeah. it's. I mean, like white and chalky. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So it's a, it's, like even in like the pet trade, cal- cuddle bones are used for like birds because it's a really calcium heavy um, kind of supplement for birds. I would suppose it would help with their beaks and stuff as well. You what? And help with their beaks and stuff as well. I don't know. I guess so. I'm not. I mean, I haven't really read anything about that. I but. actually could just be making that up as well. I don't know if they need to even sharpen their beaks. I'm just saying it as if it's fact. And I'm a bird scientist, and I don't even fucking know. People assume that I know everything about every bird. And I don't even know, like, a, I don't even know about a lot about one bird. I know a little bit about one bird. You know what I know about birds? Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I fun. know two things. I have at least two things about birds that I know to be true. They're distant relatives of dinosaurs. Not even distant. They are dinosaurs. Yeah. So that's one and thing we can cross off. So not you even know. one thing. I don't even know that. The other thing that I know is that they fly. <laughs> But not even, but not even all the time. <laughs> so to bring it back, I know nothing about birds. <laughs> no. Honestly, I think the best thing is that I think it was Aristotle. I think I've said this to you before. I don't know. It was some fucking philosopher. But uh, the fa- my favorite quote is that a fool is one that thinks that they know everything mm. and really knows nothing. And, um, fuck, I don't even remember what the quote is, but the person that's not a fool 
is a person that knows that they know nothing. And, like, the reality is, is that, like, I know that I know nothing and I'm okay yeah. with it. Like, I'm, there's always going to be something that I don't know and that I need to learn. It's called the, the Dunning-Kruger effect as well, isn't it? I don't know if you've seen about this, but it's really, mm-hmm. it's like a, I don't even know how to describe it. I would say it's like a, there's a, there's a graph. Google it. Google what the Dunning-Kruger okay. effect. But basically what it explains is that if you know a little bit about a subject you will perceive yeah. it to be a lot and you'll perceive yourself to be an expert. But the more you learn about a subject, the more you realise... The more you know that you know nothing. That, that you yeah. know nothing. Oh, I see it. And Confidence. So, yeah. Versus... Incompetence. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is definitely going on the on the toxicology Instagram. <laughs> but it's, and I like that. But like, it's true. Your confidence is up and when you're an expert and you're like, I'm pretty good, but I definitely know that I have my limitations yeah and then there's like that average thing of like i have average competence and average confidence and i know that i know nothing and then there's that like low competency (laughs) and high confidence where you're like oh i'm great i know everything so the fact that i'm saying i don't know everything about birds proves to future employers that i probably do know a little bit about birds you probably do i'm trying to save this i'm trying to save it i'm trying to save it no i think one you know it's all that's that's the purpose for this podcast you know really i've i said this to you earlier is like maybe not in front of listeners but like this the point of this podcast for me was to shed light on you and me who both have at least two degrees one working on a third one working in the professional sphere and we still kind of sit here and go there is a lot that we still don't know and there's a lot that the general field doesn't know and that is important it's important it is important I think everyone has imposter syndrome to some degree, whether or not they want to admit it, you know, and people will look at this podcast and go, you know, they're stupid. You know what? That's okay. Like to some degree, I'm sure we are. I mean, like to a lot of degree, I'm sure like we're not we're not experts in a lot of the stuff that we talk about, but we're just two humans that enjoy the stuff that we talk about. And we're just too okay to do two shells pushed together. I hate you. Thank you so much. Back onto the fucking cuddle bone. Right. So it makes sense that the cuddle bone is a largely calcium-based thingy that people give to their birds when they need more calcium in their diet. Um, Because they typically feed on small organisms found in the ocean. I definitely read that off of uh, Google search. But baby cuttlefish will mostly feed on small shrimp, which also makes sense because they have calcium-rich uh, exoskeletons. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the preferred diet of a grown-up cuttlefish is primarily crabs, again, uh, calcium-based exoskeleton, and then small fish, which also have, I think they have calcium-based skeletons. Well, fish, yeah, I think yeah. all, I think, ske- I think bones Well, are... it depends on the fish. Because there's osteoichthys, and then there's chondrichthys, as we yeah. discussed earlier. But I think they're largely going for osteoichthys. Yes. Moving on. We're getting to the sexy times. The, the thing that I was kind of concerned about when I was doing the cuttlefish was that the reproduction is actually extremely pretty, like, well-known. Um, primarily because David Attenborough talks about it in Blue Planet. Granted, it's worth talking about because it's fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. This is probably the most extreme reproduction behavior that i've seen yeah it's pretty fucking crazy huge if true um however you what i said huge if true yeah yeah it's intense so no it's not it's in the ocean 
I hate you. Um, <laughs> that's a good one, though. <laughs> um, so basically, the main so the the main premise of this right is that a male cuttlefish will place its smer- spermatophores in a pocket near the female's mouth, and then subsequently, which is kind of gross actually when you think about it, like don't shit where you eat, don't don't you know what I mean? Like just like don't put that there. But anyway, so then after the spermatophores are placed in the pocket near the female's mouth, the sperm make their way towards like tubes that um, host the eggs. And then once the eggs are fertilized, the females place them in like a little like overhang or whatever on the reef or whatever habitat that they're like substrate that they're like um, living on at that point. Um, But unfortunately it never kind of goes that simply. Maybe not. Unfortunately, I don't know what they're into. I'm not going to kink shame. So females definitely call the shots in the mating rituals. And basically you can have like a horde of males courting one female and then a hard relate. No, it's not. (laughs) But uh, according to this one paper, it said that um, females can often reject as much as 70% of the advances that they like kind of gain for mating which okay. honestly doesn't actually seem like that's much. really not like, that if you have like yeah like it like i feel like female like women have way way higher rejection rates than yes that. so like i don't know who these cuttlefish females are but like they rep- can get out i suppose reproduction in humans is a lot more costly isn't it so like we're not just laying some eggs and getting out of there right like we have to invest so much in reproduction. It is extremely so, costly. Yeah. So, f- so I guess our our percentages should be higher. Yes. yes. And actually, that that's a good theory because that actually goes on with what I'm about to tell you as well. Okay. Um. So. Typically, um, like the large males will fight each other for the right to have that sexy time with the female. Which is fair enough, but then, of course. There are some, some, oh shit. Um, there are some, sorry, I'm struggling with this cap over here. There are some like runs, like, right? I mean, there's, there's small males who obviously need to also engage in the sexy time activity, but with all of this horde of males around them, how are they to get to the female to be able to, to, you know, pass their progeny Mm. on? I don't know. Um, and obviously they can't, unless... If I have to fuck her, fuck you to fuck her, then I will. Thankfully, it never comes to that. It's a peep show. It's a peep... I'm I don't sorry. Know that, is. that actually really upsets me, because peep show is Does just... It? Yeah. It's honestly... Maybe you can come stay with me, and then we can binge it. Peep show. Together. And I cannot stress this enough. For me, it's a personality Ugh. trait. Peep show. No, it's not. It is for me. No, like... It, <laughs> Not even in a good way. I have to say, you know what the one personality trait that you gave, that like, what, the one show wreck that you gave me that became a personality trait in me um, that I've forever cherished is Rick and Morty. How oh, do you like Rick and Morty? Because <laughs> you were the one that told me, you were the one that was like so surprised that I'd never watched it. I was like, I don't know what the fuck this is. And then I binge watched three seasons <laughs> of it straight in that horrible hellhole of our first house. To be fair, and, I actually um, really do think that you would... Actually, I don't know. Peep show. I can't even explain it. 
I, it's it's I, like I have watched one episode before, but I didn't enjoy it. It's like a cult following. If you like it, yeah. you love it. It's like there's no there's no in between. It's either you've never there's seen no it okay. or you're absolutely and I have in my um hinge profile thing. Um <laughs> you you get like for anyone that isn't familiar with Hinge, you have like a prompt. Jesus. A prompt Who where I'm not familiar with Hinge at this point. You've been in a relationship for like six years. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. So, um, anyway, you'll get like a prompt and it will be like a pre-written question and you have to respond. And then it like gets the conversation starting between you and some random yeah, person like, on the internet. Like the person, the person on the other end has to like engage with you on a question or a yeah. picture for you to be and able to like chat. Mine says, and this has so many layers to it. I'll know I've found the one when, and then my answer is we can communicate almost entirely through Peep Show quotes. And a running theme in Peep Show is the one. (laughs) It's like, he'll always be like, maybe she's the one. And it's not even, and the best one, I actually got the best one today. I see you're doing a PhD. Is it a comprehensive history of the Byzantine church for the general reader? It was the most specific response to it that I've ever had. Chef's kiss. Uh, right. So, in fact, the smaller males, despite the fact that they could not help the large males, sorry, they actually kind of decide, like, well, fuck this, and they actually tuck one of their, their tentacles up into, up and up, they tuck them. Like, like much like a drag queen would and um, pretend to be f- other females that are also ready to copulate. And so by doing that, the other large males that are focused on fighting and, and you know, achieving the, the female's affection actually manages to sneak in, copulate with a female and then get out before the larger males that are fighting with each other ever realize what's happening. So the sneaky males that actually do the, in, that like do this behavior are actually successful almost forty percent of the time, which is actually quite a lot mm. without being found out. Um, the other kind of interesting. So the other weird thing is that so like obviously um, as I was talking about earlier is that the that's, male wait, cuddlefoot. What? Sorry, that's really interesting because if the female rejects seventy percent of advances. Mm-hmm. And the they're fact, successful forty percent of the time. That must mean that there is some, like, she must not hate it, right? Like it's smart. Mm. She must. There has to be mm. like. I wonder if there's some selection for that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I wonder if there's any like female preference for. Hmm. Okay. You know what I mean? Interesting. It's cool, right? Yeah. Hmm. Um, oh, so the other thing that's kind of interesting is, so, like, kind of building, actually, on what you were just saying, is it's not like the female's like, oh, I don't know what's happening, whatever, because, like, they're face-to-face when they mate. Like, the male has to take his spermatozoa and then deposit it into the hole near her face, but the thing is, is that, uh, cephalopods have this thing called a hectocotylus, and that hectocotylus basically is kind of like a penis organ or a reproductive organ and so basically they're using that organ basically into the face right so it's like like that with the fingers like if you're if you're if your arm was the body 
your wrist was the head and the fingers were the tentacles. It'd be like fingers to fingers entwined. And then like they but can one obviously of them's see a dick. what's happening. And one of them's a dick. <laughs> and it's shoving it into the palm or into the face of the other one. So they, they like the females know what's happening. But it also kind of makes sense that like, oh, sorry, I just tapped my mic. Sorry. Um, but it also kind of makes sense that the other males surrounding the kind of effeminate or like pretending to be effeminate male in this circumstance um, don't really notice because these encounters only last about two to four, two point four minutes, not two to four, two point four minutes per copulation, which sounds about right to be honest. The so the other thing is interesting. So it's actually pretty like instantaneous. This like uh, fertilization of eggs because the female then. The, or the spermatozoa then travel to the um, oviducts, which is the tubes that carry the eggs. And then the female actually spends the next, like, 10 minutes basically depositing the eggs onto an overhang or, like, a crevice on whatever substrate they're, they're kind of chilling out by. Um, this gets crazier. So um, it's, it's, it's estimated that re- reproductive females only make about um, – make up about – 25% of the spawning aggregation for, so that basically means that like it's 75, it's like a, a three to one ratio of fertile men that are, or fertile males that are ready to go and fertile females that are ready to go on like the lower end, which honestly is kind of a ratio that I'm jealous of because in my college, it was like 70% women, 30% men, but it's fine. Well, you wish you um, had more men. I don't know. Katie, no. Not really. I mean, like, I'm engaged. Less, you know, I, like, no, I already, we... I already found my Less name. men. Less men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but more options. Because most of them are shit. Yes. Better, no, better options. Like, literally... Less the men. men <laughs> the men that I went to college with were so shit that I literally had to go across the world to Australia to find an Englishman that I actually liked. I'm doing this wrong, aren't I? <laughs> I'm doing this wrong. Um, to be fair, I've always seen myself with an American man, so we're uh, we're doing it. The well, my brother's way, engaged, so I can't really help you. So the craziest bit about this, and why I said that, like the reproduction cycle of cuttlefish is probably the most fucking lit of any critter's reproduction cycle I've ever heard of, is that so once a female lays the eggs of a certain male or like lays the eggs that have been sort of that once a female lays the eggs that have been fertilized by a certain male say that five times fast um she actually don't do it i know you can fuck off um she never attends to those eggs ever again which is actually completely i'll kill you (laughs) no i'm just that behavior is actually completely the opposite of a octopus, which mates once and then tends to the eggs constantly until they die because they don't feed. Um, that actually kills me because this the cuddle, a female cuttlefish will continue to mate until she has exhausted her supplies of eggs and then head away from this like massive kind of orgy that's occurring with like all of these male cuttlefish with like this one female cuttlefish and then die. So basically, she has sex and mates until she dies. 
anyway, so the other interesting thing is that um, the males actually do the same. They just get it on and get it on and get it on and get it on and get it on. Let's or get in it some, on. Or in some male cases, they get it on the once and then keep trying and failing until they die. Mm. A little bit depressing. Wait, so who looks after the babies again? No one. No one. The babies look after themselves. Strong, independent women. I know. But think of how efficient that is because, like, you are going to get so much success because there's, they have quite a lot of babies. I mean, like, I don't But I don't are you, though? Because the cash. whole point of parental care evolving is, I suppose, if it's successful anyway, why would you need to evolve parental care, I guess? Yeah. Yeah, so each female will lay several hundred eggs, but that's actually not that much. I wonder if it's several hundred eggs, like, per time? I don't know. Can someone clarify this that's a cuttlefish person? Because I don't know. Anyway, they either lay, they either lay several hundred eggs total or several hundred eggs per mating. Right, okay, so the last section is chromatophores. So, as we talked about earlier, um, these critters basically had to create some other kind of form of defense after they lost their shell, and that was after, that was like four million years ago when they were kind of more related, like closely related to nautiluses and those cephalopods that had shells. Um, But basically, the answer to your question of how do they kind of, you know, defend themselves without the shell is that they're extremely good at camouflage and they have several different cells, organs, things that help them camouflage. Um, they're chromatophores, iridophores, and papillae. And these are each in like, these are each capable of creating a certain kind of either texture or color to help them blend in more with their environment. So chromatophores are basically the cells or organs that are present in the skin of cephalopods. They contain pigments or groups of like cells that are found in like a bunch of different other animals. And then they have different colors that they can kind of use to create similar <laughs> landscapes of like the environment on the body, if that makes sense. Okay. So the more that these cells, depending on what color they are, expand or, or contract, the more the pigment shows. They use them in conjunction with iridophores, which are plates of chitin or protein. And these can reflect the environment around the individual. So if you see like kind of like plates of like metallic blues or greens or golds, those can kind of help the the cuttlefish or create the illusion of like sunlight on a reef and they can basically use these two kind of different cells to basically create like these different um, reflections of light frequencies that trigger the different kind of like colors that are reflected back into our pupils and our brain obviously to create these kind of more um, similar patterns that are closer to the reef to make them blend in and on top of that they actually have this thing called papillae. It's almost like when you have goosebumps, like you have those kind of like erector pili muscles, mm-hmm. which are basically like the muscles that are responsible for creating like goosebumps or 
Some people call it chicken skin, I think. We have loads of like papillae on like our uh, tongue and stuff. Like mm, all of mm-hmm. the like roughy, roughy chip, yeah. chiplets. Hmm. Yeah, same thing. So, so basically those are used to basically contract and then also create peaks and valleys, I guess, on the skin of also, the... Also, sorry to interrupt you, but when I just said that about the tongue, I touched my tongue and I just had a little bit of cuttlefish residue. That's disgusting. I know, it was really not very nice. It was kind was of it like... fishy? I can't really explain what it was like. It kind of felt like I was eating some kind of soap. I'm not sure I'm going to do that again. And your turtle eats that? Turtly crazy. That, that, that hurts me. What I'm trying to say here is that in response to them losing their external shell, they basically have created all of these different other cells to basically create this this ability to blend in and create not only the color but also the texture of the environment that they're trying to sue. Um, and then, so my last bit, and this is the very last bit, is how cuttlefish understand how to mold themselves into their surrounding environment. So are they taking tactile cues or like are they feeling their, are they able to feel their environment or is it a visual cue to be able to mimic their environment? So basically there was one other study that basically took a load of uh, cuttlefish and basically kind of created all these different patterns of reef and some had glass in front of them so that the cuttlefish couldn't even get near them to see the reef and then some of the some of the um experimental cuttlefish could get to the reef and feel the reef um so it was trying to see whether you know tactile versus visual information helped them sort out you know how 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 to change their their skin and it actually turned out that um their papillae expression so like the the texture of their skin didn't change um, when the tactile information was buried, um, which means that cuttlefish are actually using visual cues to mimic their surroundings rather than tactile. So they're literally just looking at the reef, and by looking at the reef, they can see, oh, I need to put on... It's basically like, oh, I'm going into a red room, or I'm going into a blue room, so I'm going to wear a blue dress because I want to fit in, and I'm going to wear this color blue dress to fit uh-huh. in better. Ah, okay. So it isn't like they feel it through their skin. It is. They're literally just like looking at it and matching. I know that this is a sexual reference, but it's like their curtains match their drapes. But in a non-sexual reference where I'm literally just talking about... I get about... it. I get it. Thank you. And it's completely non-sexual for me, so... <laughs> yeah, it's not sexual. Stop sexualizing cuttlefish. Right. Um, so, so, yeah, that's, that, that's, that, that's the cuttlefish. Um, I love that. <laughs> I love or the cuddles, the cuddles. Yeah, as I, I like, I'm gonna call them for forever. Or Speedy's dinner. <laughs> that's horrible. <laughs> Honestly, that's so gross that you freaking ate it. <laughs> I didn't mean to eat it. I know it was a mistake, but, but also a mistake that happened numerous times, and so I've got no excuse really, have I? Yeah, I mean, maybe you were calcium deficient. Maybe, today. maybe it's like an evolutionary self-consciously. Yeah. Subconsciously? Subconsciously. <laughs> also subconsciously. Also very self-consciously. <laughs> bit of both. Bit of both. Yeah. Always. Uh, um, well. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Um, Thank you very much. Yeah. I think uh, the wood frog and the cuttlefish are um, covered. Yeah. 
a great well done, success. <laughs> right. right. Okay. Well, <clears throat> thanks, listeners. As always, remember to uh, review and subscribe to the pod mm-hmm. and and rate us on wherever you listen. And uh, I don't know, maybe maybe tell someone about us. Maybe. Yeah. Um, Reviews are so important, though, because they help other people find us. Um, they... If they're nice, obviously. If you're gonna be horrible yeah. about it, no, I don't please. Want to hear it. No, please. I don't. I don't. Or just like tell us what's wrong and we'll fix it. I don't know. Yeah, just do that in advance. Don't. Um, yeah. Don't air your grievances. <laughs> but yeah, if you can leave us a review, that would be really, really lovely. Um, yeah. Much appreciated. And if you need to get in touch, obviously. Well, not obviously, but it's. Uh, uh, in toxicology podcast at gmail.com yeah alternatively you can i thank you <laughs> uh, alternatively you can uh dm us on either twitter or uh instagram at in toxicology no podcast behind it um or finally you can also visit the brand's bank and new website in toxicology.com yeah. Um, and there you can check out all of the episodes. If you wanted to find one that you liked in the past, but didn't want to like actually like scroll through everything, you can find it and listen to it on the website and, um, all guest speakers or future guest features will be listed on there. So if you're like, Oh, who is that person that they talked about? You can also find it there. Do you know that song? No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah you can find them that, on the <laughs> and also as we've learned today we have a patreon as well which i'm gonna get katie to set up oh, because yeah. um it's already set up you can yeah. also donate to to the patreon or go god. find our patreon link via the web the website god that feels so. awkward to even say doesn't it but yeah that would provide us if with you want a- to support this work yeah we're, we're still feeling a lot of momentum at the minute but if you uh I'm just going to threaten you and say that unless we get money, we might take it away. Who knows? Maybe this is our last episode. Give us money. Make us stay. Give us in. <laughs> I'm joking. Episode. You definitely have at least one more coming. <laughs> they, don't, they don't even know that. They didn't even know right, that. And with that, um, stay periodically drunk, maybe. If you want to, good luck in the pandemic that continues to rage on. And with the Happy future environmental doom, it's going to be fine. <clears throat> yeah oh and and happy did we already say happy new year i don't think we did but happy new year everybody happy new year. you made it i love you endlessly goodbye okay we're done <laughs>